I mean, we sang about it, I think we did. Maybe maybe later we'll sing about it. I don't know. Maybe we didn't sing about it. But almost, you almost, I mean, that's all you think about. Oh, little town of Bethlehem, right? Things like that. And because it's, it's where he was born. It's where it was prophesied. And, uh, you know, Bethlehem has a, quite an interesting history, actually. When you think about it, you look back at it. Bethlehem was where Jacob buried Rachel by the wayside. Bethlehem was where Boaz was from. With Boaz and Ruth. But it, it's where Naomi was from, right? They had left, her and Elimelech and her family had left the areas of Boaz and went into Moab. It's where David was born. It's where David was born. And, and it's, it's, it's really neat to me because I think there's a message inside the history of Bethlehem. You see, it's where Jacob buried Rachel, right? Death. It's where Boaz was from, kinsman redeemer. It's where Naomi was 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 um, was uh, uh, redeemed, you could say, where you see life. And it's where David was born, a king. And so you have death, you have a redeemer, you have life, and you have king. The Bible says we're all priests and kings unto God. And it's a beautiful picture and a message here in the very city of Bethlehem. But all of the city of Bethlehem points to a greater purpose. It points to another message. Let me say it this way. It points to the message of all of the Word of God. And I want to show you here this morning, the first one to really preach this message is the angel of the Lord here in chapter 2. Would you notice this in our text if you are there in chapter 2? The Bible says in verse 9, And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. I tell you, um, I, I couldn't imagine what it was like to see that. I couldn't imagine what it was when John in the Revelation, when he saw the Lord Jesus Christ in all of His glory, Jesus said, I am Alpha Omega, the beginning and the end. The Bible says that John fell on his face as it was, as, as it was dead. He couldn't handle the, 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 the view and the image of the glorified Lord Jesus Christ. And an angel had to come and tell him to get up. It's okay. And uh, these shepherds were afraid of what they saw. They were just minding their own business, watching the sheep here in the fields. Remember, this is Bethlehem. Remember, this is the place of Boaz. Undoubtedly, these shepherds are watching sheep in the still, to this day, here in chapter 2, in the very fields of the fields of Boaz. It's where they would watch the sheep, the sheep that were going to be used for the Passover, where those sheep were raised. Uh, A lot of history here, a lot of background here that is so fascinating to me. But it was at this place, to these people, these uh, shepherds who did not have great status in the country, that that the angel came and spoke to them. And if you notice in this speaking of the angels, verse 10, it says, And the angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And if you'll notice here, in the proclamation of this event, in the proclamation of the event, really you have every component necessary that makes up a message. You have an audience, the shepherds. You have an announcement, verses 10 through 11. They were declaring truth. A, a Savior had been born. Thirdly, you really, what you have is a call to action. The angels don't tell them to go, but I'll tell you the message was so great they couldn't help but go. Oh, would God help us that our message that's preached from these pulpits are so great that the people can't help but go and see that the Lord is good. Right? Amen. And so what you see here is a message that is being preached by the angel that was here. He said, you're going to find, you're going to find the babe 
in, wrapped in a, man, in a manger, wrapped in swaddling clothes. There was the assumption here by the angel that the news was so great that they would act on the message. And that's exactly what they did. And what did they do? They closed out the message with a song in verse 13 and 14. They got done with their announcement. Look at verse 13. And suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying. And I, I understand what some people say, that angels don't sing, that they just said they don't sing. It says saying. Uh, but, you know, within the aspect of praise, Praise also includes singing, right? It is an aspect of praise, so it's possible that they sang. I understand some of the theological discussions about whether angels sing or not. I get that. But uh, they did close in a praise to God. They closed out the message with a, with, a, uh, with, with, a, with a word of praise. And when the, shep- when, when the, when the service was over, the shepherds acted upon the message. And when verses 15 and 16, the Bible tells us it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, let us now go even unto Bethlehem to see the thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. What a scene that must have been, huh? And here is the, here is the message Here is the message from the angel. I think it would have been, of all of the messages that you've been able to hear in your life, of all of the church services that you have attended in your life, of all of the great preachers that you may have sat under in your life, how would you have liked to sit under this angelic angelic message, right? The message preached by this angel. You know, it's one thing that you've probably already noticed from this message is that the the, the, the message of this angel is nothing like mine. Because it was about six sentences and it was over, right? You said, yeah, I can handle that, right? Good short one. Get to the point, shut up, and let's go home. That'd be great, amen, right? What a thing, that, what, a, what a time that must have been. Can I remind you, it seems like I've said this a lot lately. This isn't Disneyland. This isn't fairy tale. This isn't make-believe. There was literally shepherds doing their job like they've always done. And there was literally an angel that showed up that has been written about. And there was literally anybody who is intellectually honest historically, there was really somebody named Jesus who was born in Bethlehem, Ephrata. Yeah. The question today is, is he God? That is the question that always is left with us. So, you know, every time God speaks, we are left with a truth to obey. Every time God speaks, we are left with a truth, whether we are going to say yes or whether we are going to say no. That's what we're left with every time. And so we see here what they were doing here. It was not only the proclamation of an event, but it was the preaching of, of a truth. It was a truth. The, the angels got the, the attention of the shepherd. They had a message. And what was the message there in verse, verse 10? They said, I, we bring unto thee, we say unto thee, look at this. And the angel said unto them, fear not, for behold, I bring to you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to, oh, not just the chosen, Not just the one that God has foreordained to choose and the ones that He's foreordained to go to hell. Sorry about your luck. No, not those. It's good news for all people. Hey friend, if you're chosen to go to hell, how is this good news to you? It's not. But the Word of God says it was good news to all, great good tidings of great joy which shall be to all, all people. What was the angel doing here? You said, you already told us, he's preaching. What was he preaching? We see here, he's preaching the gospel. Can I point you to the word good tidings? You see that in the text there? I bring you good tidings. That is the word, I can't pronounce it, because I'll butcher it. But as the word translated from the Greek, 
It's the word that we get the word gospel from. It is the word that we get the phrase all through the New Testament where it says preach the gospel. In Romans 1, uh, 16, I believe it was, or 1.15, Paul said, I am now ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. That is this word, uh, th- this, this word good tidings. Same word. So what was the angel preaching? The good tidings. What were they preaching? He was preaching. He was preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. So what is the gospel? How many have heard the word gospel throughout your life? You've heard gospel choir, gospel this, gospel message. What is the gospel? Well, Mark 1.15, Jesus said himself, the time is fulfilled, the, the kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus said, repent and believe the gospel. He said specifically, repent ye. That word ye is a singular pronoun. It's speaking to you individually, everyone in this room, everyone under the sound that ever comes under the sound of the gospel, everyone that ever comes under the realization of, of, of natural revelation that they know that the, 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 the judgment of conscience and, they, uh, and the judgment of creation, everyone knows, listen, believe ye, right? Repent ye and believe the gospel. I'm thankful that God, unlike the cults, God is a personal God. The cults of this world deal in generalities. God deals individually. Listen to me. His purpose and His mind and His heart is upon you today personally. Repent ye and believe the gospel. What is the gospel? That word gospel means what? It means good news. It means good news. What's the good news? Well, as most of you know, I do this often. You've got to have bad news to have good news, right? You've got to have bad news. What is the bad news? Well, let me start with some, some truth before I tell you the bad news. Here's the truth. God is holy. God is pure, a pure eyes, it says in Habakkuk, and can't, a pure eyes and behold evil, and canst not look upon sin. The Bible said God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. You do realize that, that light is, is material, and darkness is the absence of light. And God is light, and there, is no, there can never be darkness with Him, because light and darkness do not dwell together. Listen, God is life. He is not death. He is eternal. He always has been. He always Always will be, and God is completely pure and completely sinless. Amen. That is who he, he says He is. He is holy. That word holy means separate. He is separate from everything that of His creation and all that He is. He is above it all. He is perfect. He is without sin. And see, God created, when He created the heaven and the earth, when He created mankind, when He created everything there is, He created mankind, unlike all of the animals, unlike all of the trees, unlike all of the fish, all of the weird things that are in the ocean, He created mankind, men and women, He created us to have a relationship with Him. He made us different than the rest of creation. He made us, listen, He, he made us to have relationship with Him. Watch this. Let me say this. He made us for this. Watch. This is how we work the best. This is how we operate best. Is when we're in relationship with God. Can I tell you this? Some of you know this. If you're at all mechanical. A hammer makes a terrible screwdriver. Now sometimes you're in a pinch and it works, right? How many know what an Ozark screw is, right? It's a finished nail that you pound in halfway and then bend it over, right? And sometimes it works, right? It's a hillbilly screw. But listen, a hamburger, a hamburger, I'm hungry. A hammer is a terrible, it's a terrible screwdriver. A hammer was designed with a hammer to be swung, right? If it's, my dad would tell me, just keep your eye on the nail and you'd miss the nail. Well, you took your eye off the nail, right? Keep your eye on the nail. It was meant to be swung. It, listen, it, it was, it was, it was, built with a solid head on it, hopefully, right? So it would have enough force and solidness to hit the nail and to drive the nail into the wood. It was made to hit an object. It wasn't made to twist an object. It was made on purpose. When you use it outside of its purpose, it doesn't work so well. Yeah. Can I tell you, we were made 
We are created to have a relationship with God. And can I tell you something? Life doesn't work so well outside of Him. Life doesn't, listen, no, you can make it work and you can plow your way through life and you can bang away at the screw with the hammer and you can do whatever you want to do with your life. But you will find out when you come to the end of life, if you continue on the trajectory, you'll find out, number one, everything that you've done is going to be left behind to somebody else and you spent a lot of time and you spent a lot of effort for something that has no eternal value. And you'll notice this secondly, is that you have just plowed your way through life and you know what? The peace and the contentment and the joy and the satisfaction and just the rest that you've been looking for, it still eludes you. It's not there. Why? Because you've been created to have a relationship with your Creator. Yeah. <clears throat> it's how we work best. It's how we operate best. But you know, the only way that we could truly work the way God created us <laughs> is if we had a free will. God made us with a free will. Absolutely. Why? Because you cannot have a reciprocal relationship. You cannot love somebody back if you don't have the freedom to say no. You cannot love somebody. Somebody cannot love you back truly out of their own heart if they don't have the opportunity to say no. God made us with a free will. It's, it's replete all through the Word of God. We see that man has a choice. Man has a choice. God created Adam with a choice. He created him with a free will. He put him in the garden. He said, eat of all of the trees of the garden. Every one of them, they are, they, are, uh, they are for food. They are for you. You can eat of them. But there's just one tree, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. I don't want you to touch that tree. I don't want you to eat of that tree. Don't eat of it. Everything else is on the table but one. Why did God do that? Well, man has a free will. And you know what God wanted with his creation? He wanted us to love Him willingly. How loved would you feel if you know somebody was made to love you? Hey, is love not the highest? I mean, does not everybody yearn to be loved? Why is that a common thread throughout all of, all of, uh, all of the world? I mean, even, even the, 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 the people that are cannibals in South America that are eating their enemies, hey, no, even they want to be loved by somebody. Yeah. Listen. If you're going to be loved like you want to be loved, you're going to want that person to want to love you because they want to love you. And God put a tree in the garden and he says, no. All of them, yes. But this one, no. And so thing, things were trucking along just fine. Oh, Lord, help me not to make jokes. <laughs> and God made Eve. I'm not, no, I'm careful. Because the problem was Adam, not her. It really was. He stood there, watched. He had the direct word from God. He gave it to her. The serpent went after, her. Satan went after her, not him. Right? He watched this thing happen. Yeah. And she took of the food. She saw, the Bible said she saw that it was good for food. How did she see that? I, I interject all sorts of things that aren't necessarily in the text. I shouldn't. But I wouldn't be shocked if Satan, if the serpent took a bite out of it and said, See? And she saw that it was good for food. That's what the Bible said. She saw it. And she took a bite and she gave it to Adam. Own free will. Yeah. And we know what happens, right? Sin came into the world. And then sin brought death. What was sin? He disobeyed one rule. One rule. Romans 5.12 says, Whereas by one man sin entered the world, and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. This is the bad news. Can I tell you this morning? You were born in sin. You were born a sinner by nature. You could say this morning, hey, I, wasn't, I, didn't, I didn't choose to be born. How many chose their birth? Wow, weird. Nobody raised their hands. You say, I didn't choose to be born. I know, but you are a sinner by nature, and you may balk at that, but I'm telling you, you are also a sinner by choice. Has anybody in this room sinned in their lifetime? No, it's just, just proved it. 
Hey, hey, does anybody want to be real brave and raise their hand and say, yeah, maybe even this morning? <laughs> no, you're a sinner by choice. You know what the Bible says in Genesis 5, 3, and Adam lived in 130 years and begat a son after his own likeness, after his image, and he called his name Seth. Adam was created after likeness and image of God, and we see here that Seth was born after the likeness and image of Adam. He was born with a sin nature. You are born with a sin nature. This is bad news, right? We are sinners by nature. We are sinners by choice. God told Adam, In the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Do you know what Adam did that day? He walked past a thousand yeses. I don't know how many trees were in the garden. I don't know how many God put in there that he could eat from. But let's just say it's a thousand, okay? That's nothing to God. It wouldn't even show up on the map, right? He, so essentially, Adam walked past a thousand yeses to go after one no. Isn't that what we do? Are we, are we dumb? We go by a thousand yeses. God says, sure, wonderful. Yes, yes, yes. I'm like, eh, that's boring. I'll take the no. Then we go, I don't know why life's like this. Well, duh. Right? Adam chose to say yes to Eve and no to God. No, that's what he did. He chose to say yes to Eve and no to God. And the Bible says in Romans 3.23, because of this, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We are all sinners by choice. And Revelation 20.14-15 tells us that death and hell were cast into the lake of fire, and this is the second death. And whosoever was name was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Can I tell you this morning, the bad news is that we are born with a dead spirit, separated from God, and if you leave this life the same way that you came into this life, you will continue the rest of your eternal existence separated from God in hell. I'm sorry, that's bad news. You're like, wow, Merry Christmas, thank you. You want truth? It's bad news. It's bad news. But can I, can I tell you the good news? God still wants us. No. God, God still wants us. What would you think of your neighbor if he came and burned your house down? How would you like to invite them, him over for supper? Yeah, just clear, the, clear the, the rubble away. I think we can find the table. Come on, buddy. Yeah, I know you set it on fire, but come on over for supper. He'd probably be nervous. I don't know what you got going. <laughs> this is weird. I'm kind of nervous, right? Yeah. No, listen. We sinned. We walked away from God. And we have destroyed his creation. In 2 Peter 3, 9, the Bible says that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Ezekiel 33.11 says that God has no pleasure in the death of the wicked. Amen. God still wants us. God still wants you. Remember Jesus said, except ye repent, right? Ye repent and believe the gospel. He wants you. See, listen, the, the bad news is that sin came in the world by one man's choice. And, and we continue to live in sin and to live against God. But sin, the, 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 the good news is that God wants us. And, and we see here that sin had to be paid for. Leviticus 17.11, the Bible says, For the life of the flesh is in the blood. And I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that maketh atonement for the soul. Blood makes an atonement. Blood pays for sin. Sin had to be paid for. Sin had to be reconciled. It had to be taken care of, I mean. And so God said, if, if, if man is going to come back to me, if they're going to be able to have the relationship with them that I want, listen, if they are going to be able to operate like they are supposed to operate, they need to be back connected to me again. But because I am holy and they are sinners, right? They, the, 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 neither shall the twain meet. Something has to bring them back together again. I know I use this illustration. It's probably a poor one and I should probably think of another one, okay? But I didn't have time this morning to think of a new one. Because I just thought of this, so I didn't have time. If God said all I, all I accept are dogs, we're cats. That's discouraging. <laughs> Sorry, Jana. Sorry. Yeah. 
Can a cat ever become a dog? Could you? Get, what if you taught him to bark? Still not a dog. No, we're facing this problem in our own society and human beings, aren't we? Well, I, I want to identify as this. No, you're not. <laughs> well, I'm going to put this on. No, you're not. Right? It's not possible. Yeah. It just as it's it's not possible for a cat to ever become a dog. It is just as impossible for man to get back to where they were when Adam was created and had fellowship with God. It's not possible. We can't do it. So what's the good news? God said, I'll pay for it. The blood pays the atoning price. Uh, Abraham brought Isaac. Isaac brought forth animals and they slaughtered animals. Hey, listen, you know what God the Father did? He, didn't, he, he brought his own lamb. While all the history of the Old Testament was after, after Mount Sinai, was them, or after the Passover in Egypt, was bringing uh, blood sacrifices of lambs and goats and birds and all of these things. It was picturing what the Father was going to do in the future one day. And while Abraham brought Isaac, yes. And while Israel was bringing lambs, Blood sacrifices of lambs and goats. Yes, one day the father was going to bring his own lamb. And he brought the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, hey, listen, Isaiah 53, 5 says, But he was wounded for our transgressions, not his. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. Jesus paid the penalty of our sin with his own blood. 1 Peter 2.24 who is, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on a tree that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. How did that cat ever become a dog? Right. Well somebody greater than even a dog had to come and become a cat. So that, listen, so that that so that the the, the the, the glory and all of the attributes of a dog could be in that cat, though it still was just a nasty... Oh, I mean, so it's still a cat. <laughs> oh, man. I didn't even mean to say that. I really didn't. It's in my heart. It just came out. I'm sorry. <laughs> Jesus, Luke chapter 2, was born in the city of David. Why? The second person of the Godhead had to put on some nasty flesh and live in this world. Watch, and offer himself a sacrifice because God requires blood. And Jesus offered his own blood, the blood of God, so that we could be made the righteousness of God in him. Amen. This is the good news of the gospel. Yeah. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He, 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 he washed it white as snow. This is the good news of the gospel that God was born with a human body and lived a sinless life and shed his own blood. Why? So that our sin could be paid for so that we could be reconciled back to God and have that relationship that was once had in the garden that we could have that again and be one with our Creator again. And you know what happens once you become one with your Creator again? All of a sudden life makes sense. All of a sudden life has purpose. All of a sudden, life isn't lived just for the, the short 70 or 80 or 50 or 90 years that you may live on this life. No, your life is now lived for eternity because you'll never be away from Him. Yeah. This is the gospel. This is the good tidings that the angels came with. You see, the payment is available for all who will take it. This is the good news of the gospel. Whosoever will by come. We stand, listen, you and I, we stood before the, the court of heaven. We stood before God is guilty. We are sinners by nature. We are sinners by choice. But listen, our debt has been paid in full by Jesus Christ. And all we have to do today is to receive it. That's it. Oh no, you're not going to work for it. The Bible says, Romans 10, 13, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Listen this morning. The payment for sin, the payment for your sin is, is received by faith and belief. 
Acts 16.31, And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved, and thy house. Yeah. Belief. The bad news. You're on your way to hell. The good news. You can be redeemed this morning. You can be purchased by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. You, hey, listen, the atoning blood of Jesus can be applied to your account, your ledger before the court of heaven. And instead, hey, listen, instead of being guilty before God as you are and as we were, instead of being guilty before God, your record can be tossed out, not expunged, erased, hallelujah, and you will, on your uh, on your account now is the record of the Lord Jesus Christ. What is his record? Not that he never sinned. Pretty good record in that, wouldn't it be? But his real record is that he was never even a sinner. And when God looks at you, he sees the record of Jesus Christ. You know what that, you know what that fixes immediately? Your relationship with him. Friend, that's good news. You may not think it is. And listen, you can go through life and you can continue through your life pounding away and, and plowing away and trying to make it work. But I'm telling you, it'll only work for a little while. Yeah. You say, well, hey, there's some people out there, they live through this world, through this life, and they make a lot of money, and they are genuinely happy, and they have everything going for them. You know what? Listen, that's fine, and that happens, but they still have eternity to deal with. Because it's appointed unto men once to die and after this the judgment. Nobody, nobody, nobody is getting out of this life alive. Unless we go up with the upper taker. Yeah. Amen. Paul said in 2 Timothy 1.12, For I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Paul said, it's so clear. He said, I know whom I have believed. He listen. Is that an article? The word "in." What is that? Is that a? That's a. That's preposition, right? In. Yeah. The preposition "in" is not in that sentence. Not in that phrase. He didn't say, "I know in whom I believed." He said, "I know whom I believed." Paul said, "I believe Jesus." Can I tell you? This is where this is where faith and trust is whether you're going to believe Jesus. This is what it means to, call, to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. This is what it means to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Not necessarily believe in Him, though that is a starting point, right? But believe on Him. That's where it changes. That's where it changes for, from something that is, is uh, in the mind and moves down into the heart, right? Believe on Him. How do you believe on Jesus? Well, you believe Him. What are we believing Him? Well, we believe what God said about His Son. What did He say? This is my beloved Son, who I am well pleased. Hear ye Him. You know what He said in, in Hebrews 1.8? Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is a, is, a, is a scepter of Thy kingdom. The Father called Him God. He's the second person of the Godhead. What do we believe? We believe what God said about His Son, that He is the very Son of God. What else do we believe? We believe what Jesus said about Himself. What did Jesus say about Himself? He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by Me. You know, I know what people say. They say, well, there's a lot of roads that lead to Rome. There's a lot of roads that lead to here. There's a lot of roads that lead there. And so there's a lot of roads that lead to heaven. Wonderful. Except it's not what he said. <laughs> if Jesus said there's five ways to heaven, wonderful, we'd believe it. But it's not. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. No, it's not through Mohammed. It's not through Buddha. It's not through Mormonism. It's not through Mary Baker, Glover, Patterson, Eddie. No, it's not through all of these ways. It's through Jesus Christ and Him alone. What do we believe? We believe what God says about Jesus. We believe what Jesus says about Himself. We believe what God says about us. What does He say about us? For there's none righteous, no, not one. We have all, listen, we are, we are all as an unclean thing. Isaiah 64 says all of our righteousness is as filthy rags. As good as you are and as the, 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 the best thing that you can come up with that you have done for somebody else. God said it's compared to my righteousness, filthy. It's about as good as a, as a cat barking and saying, see, see, 
Accept me. I'm a dog. I say, no, no, you're still not a dog. The cat says, I'll fetch. <laughs> no, still a cat. I'll actually act like I like you. No, still a cat. I won't be so self-centered. Nope, cat. Man, I'm really bitter about this, aren't I? Paul said, I know who I have believed. Yeah. We believe what he says about his son. We believe what Jesus says about himself. We believe what God says about us. We're sinners. Can anybody really deny that? Come on. Our actions prove our nature. Yeah. You, know why, you know why a cow's stupid? Because it's a cow. Oh, wait, no. You know why they move? Because it's a cow. <laughs> Do you know why we eat them? Because they're stupid. No. And they're yummy. Yeah. No, we believe it. Do you believe it? Do you, be- do you believe what God said about his son? Do you believe what Jesus said about himself? Do you believe what God says about you? So what do we do about it? Well, we'll have to bring a sacrifice. Because God, listen, if you have realized that you're a sinner by nature and by choice. There's got to be a sacrifice to get rid of that sin and, and put you back into the right communion with God again. We have got to bring a sacrifice. Yeah. What sacrifice do we bring? We don't have an altar out here. We have a trough ready for, for the blood to go running through out there. No, we don't have an altar. We're not sacrificing animals. Absolutely not. What do we bring? We bring the Lord Jesus Christ. We come before the Father with Jesus. Why, why, would, you believe, why would you bring the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ? Why would you? Because I believe God. And I believe what He said about Jesus. And I believe that the blood of Jesus Christ is sufficient to wash away all of my sin, past, present, and future, and, 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 and make me righteous before God. See, when we believe what God says about Jesus, when we believe what Jesus says about himself, when we believe what, 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 what Jesus said about us, the only le- thing that we have left to do is to repent like Jesus said. Repent ye. What does it mean? How many of you are in the military? You repented. What did you do? You did it about face. You were told to turn, turn around, right? Repent. The only thing left for you to do this morning is to repent. Change your mind. What do you mean change your mind? Change from what you used to believe that made you okay and believe what God says. You know what happens when you come to a real place of repentance? You will approach God confessing that you are a sinner and you need a Savior and you are trusting Jesus Christ. Your sin is against God. It's against Him alone. You have offended your Creator. But the good news is, if you'll come to Him with Jesus, believing and trusting Him, can I tell you something this morning? Jesus says, all that come to me, I will in no wise cast out. The good news of the gospel, you know what it is? That one of the good, great news of the gospel is? Assurance. Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus... And believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. And with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. There's some bad news out there. Yeah. But there's good news. The angel that night preached a great message to those those, those, uh, uh, shepherds. They presented a problem but they proclaimed a great present. How many like gifts? Like Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Ephesians 2.8 says, For by grace are you saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. It's a gift. So what was the gift? What was the good news about? What is the gospel about? The gift, it's Jesus Christ. Hey, listen, the gift isn't a thing, it's a person. The second person of the Godhead. Can I show you the characteristics of a gift? I made this acrostic. 
Sometimes I come up with these things and I think, wow, that was good. Then later I read somewhere and I go, oh, wasn't that original? So I don't know if this is original or not. Usually it's not. So I made an acrostic of the word gift. This is the characteristic of a gift. Gee, it's got to be given. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Jesus is the gift God gave him. He didn't have to. Yeah. The gift, it's given. G-I. I, yeah, it's intentional. How many like intentional gifts? How many like gifts that you know they just felt obligated? <laughs> wow, I got the, the, this them last year and they didn't remember I got this for them. <laughs> that wasn't very intentional, was it, right? I've never gotten one of those, thankfully, but I think it happens. It's intentional. Gee, it's given. I, a gift, it has to be intentional if it's going to be a, a gift from the heart. F, it's free. It's free. Romans 5.18, Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. No, I'm sorry, Calvinist. The gift is available to all. Amen. To all men. It's there. It's got to be given. It's intentional. It's free. T. I couldn't think of a better word, but taken. It's got to be received. It's got to be received. John 1.12, But as many as received Him, to them gave you the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name. A gift. I love how they do gifts now because you don't have to wrap them. This is awesome. Right. But it's gift. Jesus was wrapped, wasn't He? Kind of not like this. Swaddling clothes. If I'm not mistaken about the same type of clothing that they wrap a dead body in. I don't know. Yeah. But it's a gift. It's wrapped up. It's got to be given. It's got to be intentional. It's got to be free. Hold on, hold on. It's got to be taken. You want it? You? you? There. No, give it back. No. (laughs) (laughs) It's got to be taken. Right. Hey, it's a gift to the world. But many leave this world with the gift standing right in front of them like this morning. And they'll say, no, I don't want it. You can have that. Can I get the bag back at least when you're done? Because <laughs> that's a really nice bag. No. Yeah. Here's the good news. The good news is that God gave Jesus to the world. Amen. This is what we're recognizing this morning. This is what we're recognizing tomorrow. Remember tomorrow's Christmas? If you have any shopping, sorry, you're out of luck. This is what we're doing. And if, if you receive the gift, if you receive, would receive Jesus today, you will have your record replaced with his record. You know what? Can I tell you something? If you're going to court and you have a rap sheet and some guy comes up and goes, tell you what, I'll switch with you. No, your name will still be written down there, but I'll go to court and I'll, you know, my record is zero, right? And I'll just switch with you. I'd say, well, thank you very much. It's a pretty good gift. You have to receive it. And see, if you're here this morning and you've never received Jesus, can I tell you this morning, you still have a load of sin on your shoulders. You, you, have a, you have a load of weight, this weight hanging. You probably don't even totally fully recognize it. But it could be you're here, maybe you're watching online. And what's going on on the inside is the Holy Spirit of God is what is happening, is drawing. And you know what you know what has been said here this morning? You don't know why you're saying this. You can't understand it. But you know in your heart you're, you're, you're nodding. You may not want to nod, and I can't see who's nodding online. But this is what you know. What has been said here today is truth. It is true. And what's left for you to do is to take the good news, the good tidings preached by that angel, 
the good tidings that are preached here today, the gospel, it's up to you now to receive it, to take Jesus. No, you listen. You can go ahead. You can keep going, banging through life. But I'm telling you, it's not going to work. It is not going to work. See, the gift of Christmas, it's not an object. It's a person. It's Jesus Christ. No, it, it, listen, it, it's, you, we don't get to God through church membership. You don't get to God through becoming a Baptist. You don't get to God, God from, from being baptized, right? Baptism doesn't save you. It's not being a good person. It's not your family lineage. Well, my goodness, my great-great-great-grandfather was, you know, D.L. Moody. I was like, wow, that's cool. It means nothing in your account before God. It's you and Him alone. And the question this morning is still the same thing. Have you, have you received the gift? Have you received Jesus? Have you received Him? I'll tell you what, not a better time to do it. You need to receive Christ before it's eternal age. You know what the Bible says? For who knows what may be on the morrow? For what is your life? It's even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and vanisheth away. How many, how many can testify to the fact and say this, I didn't know it was going to go by this fast. Think how fast it seems now, and how much time do you have left, do you think? Even if you live out another 20 years, gone. Gone. Have you received Jesus? Because can I tell you, You can't take care of it after this life. Why? Well, it won't be faith. It'll be sight. It's got to be now. Our Father, we're left here with the question this morning on the reception of Jesus Christ, the gift, the good news, the good tidings. And so, Father, there could be, I don't know, you know hearts, I don't know hearts. But it could be possible that there's somebody, either they are in this room this morning, or they are watching via the internet, and there's never been a specific day and time that they can go back where they personally believe the gospel and approached you personally, believing the Lord Jesus Christ, and asking you to save them. They've never had that place in their life. They've never been there before. Lord, I'm asking you this morning, Father, I'm so thankful that you love every one of them more than I ever could. And I'm asking you this morning that by your Holy Spirit, you would draw them this morning with the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ, that today they would come and receive Jesus Christ, acknowledging that their sinners are lost and that they need, they need the Lord Jesus, they need the blood of Christ. Would you do that work today? Father, I'm thankful that even in my, in my uh, where I am unclear and unable to communicate what I think may be correct, I'm so thankful this morning that the work of the Holy Spirit is much greater than my words. And I pray this morning for the drawing and the convicting of thy spirit. That if somebody recognizes today that they're lost and they've never been saved, that today they would take care of it. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to have an invitation this morning. Why don't you stand, would you please? The instrument's going to play. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Christian, you need to be praying for people. There's people maybe here, maybe watching that need to be saved. And Satan is throwing every excuse in the book. Why not to come to Jesus? Yeah. Let me ask you this morning, how many can raise their hand without a shadow of a doubt, 100%? You know, you remember the day that you came to, the, came to God with the Lord, uh, you came to God for salvation with belief in the Lord Jesus Christ. You remember the day, maybe not the hour, the minute, but you remember a day in your life when you came before God personally to be saved. you remember that day? How many remember that day? Raise your hand. Yeah, amen. There could be some here this morning. I would never point you out. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't come to you. I, I will not do that. But you might want to be honest before, before yourself.
and before God this morning. And maybe you could raise a hand this morning and say, you know what? I don't know. No, I would like to know. I'm not saying I'm, I'm again it. I'm not saying I, I, I don't want to think. I would like to know, but I just don't know. I don't know if I would die today. I don't know if I would go to heaven. I don't know if I've ever received the Lord Jesus Christ, but I'd like to know. Anybody like that? You'd raise your hand. You could say, I don't know, but I'd like to know. I don't know if I'm saved today. Go ahead. You can raise your hand. I'm not coming to you. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know before you leave here today, we can get you with somebody. We can open the word of God and we can show you how you can know, how you can know that your sins are forgiven and you're made right with God again. Yeah. Don't leave. Please don't leave before you take care of that. Child of God, this morning, what are you doing with your gift? You have professed that you have the Lord Jesus Christ. You've been born again. You're saved. You've received the gift of God. What are you doing with that gift? Some people take gifts and they throw them in a closet. Yeah. Some people take gifts of relationships and they don't nurture them and foster them. They take them for granted. And then this truck through life without them. What are you doing with the Lord Jesus Christ? Are you drawing closer? Or has he become just a means to an end? It's a precious gift, amen? Let's not take for granted the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a wonderful gift. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Amen. If you need to talk to somebody, please don't hesitate today. You can text, you can phone call, you can email, you can come talk to us personally. We'll show you how you can know you can be made right with God again. All right. We're going to be dismissed in a word of prayer. And uh, please stay. We have a dinner. Plenty of food. Lots of food. And uh, please stay. And uh, what we'll do is we'll be dismissed in a word of prayer. And uh, whoever dismisses us in prayer, I'm going to have them pray for the food and ask the blessing on the food as well. And then if you'll notice when you go into the room and uh, if you'd go to the left side of the tables, that left wall and make an aisle down that way, go up that back table, you'll, you can't miss the food back, back there. I've been salivating watching it. Anyway, you can get your food and then if you come back that right aisle along the wall and find a seat at the nearest, the furthest table from the... The food. Start there and then we'll fill our way in. Does that make sense? Amen. Yeah. So anyway, and if that doesn't work, just find food and go sit down somewhere. I don't know. I tried. <laughs> so we need, a, uh, we need Brother Klein here to be drill sergeant to run everybody through, right? So he's having a much better Christmas than we are. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so uh, let's be dismissed in a word of prayer. Thanks for coming out. And uh, Lord bless you for being here today.